Let's return to All Things Employment with Vicki Causa on TalkZone.com. We're back, and the phone lines are open at 888-463-6748. It's 888-GO-FOR-IT. So we welcome your calls on anything we're discussing today, which includes, at this point, resume writing, or anything that you may have questions on about being a worker who has been displaced, who may be displaced, or anything that may be happening to you now during your job search. So let's continue with what we were talking about. We were just talking about checking and checking and checking that resume because before the break, what we talked about was the word shift, S-H-I-F-T, and the gentleman who had done his resume and submitted it to us for consideration left out the letter F, but his resume went through his spell check and it never came up as an error because the word without the F does constitute a word, but that's not a word you want on your resume. So again, what I'm stressing here is check and check and check again and just make sure that you're absolutely 100% comfortable with it before you send it out. Now, that's one of the things a resume should never contain. And what we'd said before, and I'll say again, always, always tell the truth on a resume. Do not put something you cannot defend. Now, let me give you a couple of examples of this. If you have your resume prepared by a professional resume writer, if you do it through the Internet or you sit with somebody, and by the way, I would encourage you, if you are going to have a professional write your resume, make sure that they know your industry or make sure that they can sit with you and spend time with you and talk about what you have done in the past and what you want to do in the future. Because generally speaking, if you do send a resume into a resume service on the internet, you may not get that opportunity to sit with somebody who's going to ask you the right questions, to ask about what did you do in the past, what would you like to do in the future, what about your job did you like and didn't like. They need to know you as a person before they start to put your resume or your your resume together or your job experiences and the skills that you've acquired on any kind of piece of paper. So make sure that you, you have that opportunity. But again, when you send it to a professional resume writer, they may use some jargon or some words that fit very well for the position that you are applying for and or the work that you have done or the, the career that you've been in, but there may be some verbiage in there that you may not be 100% familiar with or comfortable with. So make sure that you're comfortable with whatever's on that resume so that when an employer sits across from you and is asking questions, they don't hit you with something that you never expected and or something that you're not 100% familiar with or can really explain it. So just be sure that you can defend that resume and that it's 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 talking your talk and it's it's speaking in your voice because, again, this is the voice that they're going to hear first. The other thing I want to emphasize, too, is tell the truth. Do not lie on your resume. Embellishing and lying are two different things. Now, somebody said to me one time, well, you know, if if I say on my resume that I supervised 15 people, but it was really only eight people, is it really a lie? Well, we, we sort of call that an embellishment. You're stretching the truth just a bit, and that's not something that an employer is going to double-check with a former employer. They're never going to call and say, so did so-and-so supervise eight people or was it 15? Things like that you can certainly get away with. But don't ever lie on anything that's really something that will be checked and something that needs to be verified, like where you worked before, what title you may have had before, or your graduation. Now, let me just say one other thing, too, before I give you the next example. When you are putting information down on your resume or putting information down on your on the application, you are signing, right? You are signing that application and you are saying that you are verifying what it is is on that application so that when your 
your hoped for employer or your future employer calls your former employee to check, they will be looking to verify how long you've worked there and what your title was while you were there. So make sure you're, you're accurate with what you put on there. And most companies will not talk about salary, nor will they verify salary, nor will a lot of companies give that information out unless they get a signed agreement from an employee that says, I'm going to be applying to ABC company. They may be calling for information. It's perfectly fine to go ahead and give them salary information. So that is something to keep in mind as well. But let's talk a bit about, and I'll give you an example about how lying on your resume can really get you you know, really have dire consequences. In my role as a senior VP of HR for a large company not long ago, I came upon the situation where I had someone working for me who was absolutely top-notch. This employee was excellent. They had every single thing we possibly could have wanted in an employee, held a very high-level position, commanded a group, a large group of people, and had a lot of influence in a specific business division. When this individual was hired, our company was in the midst of changing background check companies. So when the background check came up, this person's credentials sort of fell through the cracks a little bit. So we were not able to really, we, we did not really do the full background check that we probably should have before making the offer and hiring the person. However, because we are or were, when I worked there, we were a financial services organization, we did spot background checks just to make sure that we had everything where it needed to be and there was no issues that we were not aware of. So this individual's credentials came up for spot check, and lo and behold, we couldn't verify the education. And I called this individual in and asked them about it, and they were, oh, no, no, that's not true. I certainly did graduate, and I have this information. And we gave this person four or five chances to come in and show us, give me something that says you graduated. Give me something that says you've attained a certain amount of credits. Because on your resume, you're claiming that you have this degree, and on your application, you're claiming the same thing. You're saying that you have it, and you have stated it, and you've signed the application verifying that it's true. Well, lo and behold, there was no degree, and the person could not verify that they had gone to the school, nor could they verify that they ever even signed up to go to the school. And unfortunately, being the stellar employee that this was, it was a terrible thing that I had to do, but I had to let the person go simply because they lied on their resume, which, again, is why I say, and I cannot stress enough, do not ever lie on your resume. Whatever you have, you put down that's verifiable, don't make things up. It's just, it, it will come back and you will get caught. What I always suggest to people though, because a lot of people say, well, you know, I went to school, I just didn't finish. For whatever reason, life got in the way and I just never got a chance to finish my, my degree. But I do want to put down that I've, um, I have started it. And what I always tell people is, fine, you can put down whatever degree you're going for, a Bachelor of Science in Mathematics or whatever it may be, and put down the university. But where you would put the year you graduated, instead of putting down a year, you put down two words, in progress. Because what that implies is that you have started your your degree or you are you were in a disciplined program that the degree does does require, you just never got a chance to finish it. So they will check but it will come back to say that, yes, John Smith did attend our school but did not finish. And that's exactly what you're saying on your resume. And that's what you can put on your application as well. You have started. You can even put how many credits you've attained if you're a few credits shy of completing. But always put in progress. That will then get, be the placeholder for you to then explain, yes, I am in progress. I did not finish, but I did begin. You're not lying. 
You're not claiming that you got the degree, and there's no way that they can go back and say that you've lied because you're not saying that. So keep that in mind. It was one of the toughest things I ever had to do as an executive. It was one of the toughest conversations I ever had to have with a human being. It devastated this person's life, could not get themselves back on track, and it took them quite a while before they were able to to find themselves new employment. So, And I did counsel them and said, Next position you go for, make sure you put on your resume that this degree is in progress. Okay, so that's a tip. Please don't forget that. So let's talk a little bit now about cover letters. What I said before at the top of the hour, we talked about the fact that a lot of people dismiss cover letters as an unnecessary step. Okay, now, but consider this. The cover letter will often make or break the decision for a human being to review your credentials. Okay, your cover letter will go through the same scanning process that your resume will. And that will determine the degree of fit between your experience and the open position. Now, the best chance of having your resume get past this first stage is to, ha- is, is to use the keywords that appear from the ad or the posting. That scanner will pick up the keywords and will indicate how many were found. Now, this can be a determining factor whether or not your resume gets reviewed. And also, an employer will use your cover letter as a sample of how well you present information. If you can't properly present your personal work history, it may be a warning that you may have difficulty putting information down on paper. So keep that in mind when you're doing the resume, when you're doing the cover letter. They are looking at every element of what you're bringing to the table. So that's one of the things that you absolutely may want to keep in mind. Now, in addition to the keywords from an ad or a posting, your cover letter should contain the answer to these three questions. What can you do to help solve this company's problems? Again, remember what we said. Employers do not have jobs open. They have problems to solve. So what can you do to help solve this company's problems? The second one, what are your qualifications? And again, you're not restating in that cover letter everything that's on your resume, but you are giving them some real pertinent information that's going to make them want to look further. Okay, so why? what are your qualifications? And then why are you writing to us? So in that cover letter, you want to answer the questions, what can you do to help solve our problems? What are your qualifications? And why are you writing to us? So you certainly want to put what position you're writing for, which then leads leads us into one thing I want to make sure you understand. Don't do a generic cover letter for every single position that you're applying for. Make it personal. Make it so that it fits that job to a T as best you can. Make it very pertinent to that specific information or that job. Don't make it so generic that it can be used for any other job because it looks like you didn't spend a lot of time. And remember, if you keep in mind, they're looking for how well you put information together and how well that information is, is processed or how well it's presented in that one piece of paper. This too, remember this too, there should be no typos or misspelled words or misused words on a cover letter just as it should not be in a resume. Okay. Now, if you're responding to an online job posting or even found something on a company's website, chances are, again, this is going to be scanned. So keep in mind when you're submitting this electronic information, this is always why we say it's important to keep the font style and and the font and the style as basic as possible there's a good possibility that some information may be 
distorted during the scan database process, and it may be unreadable. So it's always a good idea to follow up your electronic version with a paper version if you have a contact address. Or if you can, when you submit the resume electronically, if you can then send an email with a, an, a Word document attachment with your resume and cover letter, that would help as well. Because remember, that scanning process may distort what it is you have to put on that information. And when that does get to a human being who does the 15 to 30 second eyeball, you're going to absolutely be giving them information that may not look like it did when you sent it in. Okay, so let's just wrap up really quickly here and talk and just kind of go over a few things that I mentioned. I want to make sure you understand and, and get this information as, as uh, basically as you can. Make sure the resume is readable. Make sure the resume answers the question, what can you do for us? How can you solve this problem? The most important part of your resume is that prime real estate, is that summary statement or that profile that you put on the top of that resume. Make sure you grab their attention in that first 15 to 30 seconds. Remember above the fold. When you're looking at a newspaper, that headline is the first thing you see. That's what you should have. Your resume should speak to that. It should be a headline. It should be something that's going to get them to really want to look further into what it is that you bring to the table. That's what's going to distinguish you. That's what's going to get them interested in looking at the rest of your resume. That hopefully will prompt a phone screen, which will then prompt an interview, which will then prompt you to be able to sit in front of an interviewer and start selling yourself. Because remember, you are selling yourself. Remember the example of the product manual versus the sales manual. Let's stay away from the product manual type of a resume and start to think more in terms of how do I get myself into a sales mode? How do I get myself ready to be in front of somebody and sell what I have? So thanks so much again for listening this week. I encourage your phone calls. Check out our website at allthingsemployment.com or call me at 1-800-287-4713. Have a good week, everybody.